From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Organizations in Alaska have gotten creative in trying to help voters understand how to cast their ballot in the state's first ranked choice voting election on August 16th. Those efforts have included mock elections featuring drag performers and videos detailing how the system works. Leaders of various outreach efforts see their work as critical to getting voters comfortable with ranked choice voting and to helping them avoid errors in casting their ballots. The first ranked choice voting election under a suite of election changes approved by Alaska voters in 2020 will be the August 16th special U.S. House election featuring Republicans Sarah Palin and Nick Baggage and Democrat Mary Peltola. Fishing in the 76 Golden North Salmon Derby gets underway today. The official weigh-in stations are Amalga and Douglas Harbors. The weigh-in station at Ock Bay was moved to Ock New Cove. Derby tickets can be validated at Aurora Basin, Ock Bay, Ock New Cove, Fisherman's Bend, Harris Harbor, the North Douglas Boat Ramp, Douglas Boat Harbor, and Tea Harbor. The proceeds from the sale of fish caught, minus the expenses of cleaning and handling, are given to the Terrial Territorial Sportsman Scholarship Foundation. 42000 was raised last year for the foundation. President of Territorial Sportsman, Ryan Beeson, spoke on Capital Chat about the Derby Scholarship Program. The biggest thing is um, the, the fish are sold to Alaska Glacier Seafoods and the fish proceeds go to the scholarship. We have a Territorial Sportsman Scholarship Foundation and each year we give out scholarships to high school seniors um, and also vocational tech scholarships as well. So that's the ultimate goal of the Derby is to create funds for the um, Juno's High School seniors and other communities in Southeast as well as to help them pay for college or whatever else they might be going to um, after school. So that's the ultimate goal. Obviously, everybody has fun fishing and enjoying the Derby, but at the end of the day, we're, we're raising money and we're coming up on close to um, $2 million in total since inception in scholarships given out. So it's it's an impressive number. Territorial Sportsman Vice President Sean Hooten shared the prizes at stake. Uh, we've got uh, the usual high fives, which we've got a Boinkle uh, high five of 49000 for 49 years in business. Um, that'll be a chance uh, at 49000 And we got Core Kinson Hecla Greens Creek at a, a chance up to 50000 And uh, the Boinkles one is off of ticket sales. So your ticket number for the Derby is put into a hat, basically, and they draw. And then we draw some uh, some backup people as well. Uh, the other one is done through the uh, the Core Kinston, the mine one, Greens Creek, and and such is uh, set up for um, coming off the scholarship ticket numbers. So that actually makes it real nice. And Hooten spoke to who the Derby is dedicated to this year. It's uh, Mike Erickson, who is uh, he's the head of Alaska Glacier Seafoods. He's our main guy that we've been selling fish to for quite a number of decades, I believe. Um, before that, I think we were working through downtown, I think, and um, they were they were having trouble keeping up with uh, our our deal, so he kind of jumped in and, and uh, tackled it. We did a fairly extensive write-up in the um, brochure as well as on the website on, uh, on his uh, dedication, so it might be worth a read. Last year, Tiffany Listberger's 31.7-pound king salmon caught at Auk Bay was the top fish. 
A federal court ruling this week has thrown into doubt the future of a valuable commercial salmon fishery in Southeast. U.S. District Judge Richard Jones in Seattle sided with the nonprofit Wildfish Conservancy in determining that the National Marine Fisheries Service improperly approved a troll fishery for king salmon, also known as Chinook, in 2019. The court said the agency failed to fully weigh the fishery's effect on the endangered killer whales that depend on Chinook for food. The conservation group said the decision is a bombshell, while the Alaska Trollers Association said it would fight to preserve our fishery and our way of life. The Juneau Board of Education has completed its annual evaluation of the superintendent, Dr. Bridget Weiss. The evaluation covers the period of July last year through June of this year. At Tuesday's meeting, the board approved the evaluation, along with a contract extension to June 30th of 2025. Board Vice Chair Brian Holst spoke to the contract. Three years is the longest contract we're allowed by law to offer the superintendent. Uh, I think there is some great value in you uh, individually. Also, I think there's also wonderful value in uh, the stability that having a superintendent that uh, is from here and also has been here for several years is also really valuable to us. So for all those reasons, I just want to um, thank you for um, sticking with us and our expectations don't never diminish, as you know, uh, but I think you are well suited to meet and the board evaluates the superintendent's performance annually. As part of the process, the board invites and considers feedback from the public in the community and staff. The board members review goals, meet personally with the superintendent, and complete a formal evaluation. Sitka Police Chief Jerry Reddick has announced the arrest of an Arizona man for allegedly attempting to import drugs into Alaska. According to Reddick, on August 4th, members of the Southeast Alaska Cities Against Drug Task Force, or CCAD, located a suspicious parcel being shipped in the mail from Arizona to Skagway. A search warrant to open the package was obtained, and it was determined to contain 29 gross grams of cocaine and 59 grams of psilocybin mushrooms. On August 10th, CCAD, manned officers of the Skagway Police, delivered the package to its intended destination, a P.O. box in Skagway. The package was picked up by 25-year-old Arizona resident David Patterson. The package was then taken to a resident in the area of One Mile Dia Road. Upon opening the package, Patterson was contacted by CCAD task force officers and detained. Patterson was later arrested and taken to jail. He is being held on the charges of misconduct involving a controlled substance in the third and fifth degree and tampering with physical evidence. Job openings in Alaska are at an all-time high. That was written about in the August edition of Alaska Economic Trends, prepared by the State Department of Labor. State labor economist Dan Robinson said their data pretends to job openings open longer than 30 days. We, we had written about this once and we wanted to update it, and they remain high, both for Alaska and the U.S., although the U.S. most recent data, July, it, they've come down a little bit. There's some recession fear in the country, but, but that we do have this odd situation of way more open positions than people looking for work to fill them, 
odd, I say, because um, uh, we're not in a recession now. He explained what this means for job seekers and employers. We're not that far removed from the COVID recession, which was an odd situation to begin with, but it's unusual to have that situation where job seekers can basically dictate terms. They, they, they're just, it's a good situation for your job seeker. It's a tough situation if you're an employer. That remains true and probably will remain true for some reasons, including demographics, until something shifts in the economy and there is growing concern that, that a recession uh, could happen in the next couple of years. He was asked what the current driving force might be. Housing gets some mention. Uh, inflation gets a lot of mention. The Federal Reserve, as everybody who pays attention to these kinds of things knows, is on a target to raise interest rates, and typically that reduces economic activity. And it is tricky to manage both inflation and employment to get that kind of that golden in-between. Um, so, uh, but housing is, is a little problematic. It got just too expensive. State labor economist Dan Robinson. Numerous transportation projects across the U.S. will be getting a slice of $2.2 billion of new federal funding. The grants announced yesterday are more than double the amount awarded last year under the same program. The initiative got a major boost this year from a $1 trillion infrastructure law passed by Congress and signed by President Joe Biden. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg traveled to Arizona to highlight a pair of projects that revamp roadways and add new bicycle and pedestrian bridges. A total of 166 projects will be getting funding, ranging from Alaska to the Virgin Islands. Investigative journalism outlet Project Veritas has released a video claiming to show staffers from Senator Lisa Murkowski's office revealing her tacit support of ranked-choice voting. Voters in Alaska came out in support of Ballot Measure 2 in 2020 and approved the measure. According to videos released by Project Veritas, Murkowski staffers Emma Ashlock and Josiah Nash were recorded saying that the senator's team supported the initiative, seeing it as a clear path to victory this year. Ashlock weighed in how voting for the Democrat in the election could assist Murkowski. They say the race is going to come down to Kelly Chewbacca and Senator Murkowski. So anyone who votes for Pat Chesbro first and ranks Senator Murkowski second, that vote is going to become a vote for Senator Murkowski. So ballot measure two is her key to winning. Yeah. While we were working on ballot measure two and voting for ballot measure two, we have Senator Murkowski in mind the whole time. Project Veritas Media Relations Manager Mario Balaban spoke to News of the North about why the organization got involved. Well, it's said that Murkowski herself secretly supported ballot measure two, but publicly had a neutral position. So we at Project Veritas usually come in to investigate this sort of stuff because our goal is to bring transparency and bring the truth to voters and the public as a whole. So when you have one person in, in power or in, you know, in the Senate seat, saying one thing in private or doing one thing in private, but acting indifferently in public, that's when Project Veritas comes in to really expose what's going on. Nash told the Project Veritas reporter that Murkowski was publicly neutral on ranked choice voting, but supported it privately. Did she sponsor that? She stayed quiet, and honestly it was probably best she stayed quiet on that. 
she, publicly, but mm -hmm. she was behind it. From, yeah, she supports it, yeah. From the get-go. Nash also said the progressive nature of Ballot Measure 2 prevented Murkowski from supporting it in public. Claims that Project Veritas deceptively edits videos when they report on actions of politicians and others in the news was addressed by Ballotbiom. We've been accused of that. We've never lost a lawsuit. Everyone who's ever sued us, one of those being the allegation against us, they've lost every single time. And what James O'Keefe, our founder, always says is we challenge anyone who can point any deceptive edit we've done in the last 10 years, we will challenge them. And if, we, if they can identify the deceptive edit, it's easy to claim it. But if they can actually find it, we'll give them $10,000 award, which never happened again. We've been, we've been saying this many times. We've put out this same exact um, you know, information about um, the, how, what we do and how we, uh, we operate here at Project Veritas. And to this day, no one's ever come through and, and actually proved us wrong. Mario Balaban of Project Veritas. The Alaska legislature is contemplating new advice and policies regarding social media use to cover its 60 members. The Joint House-Senate Legislative Council unveiled its first draft of a new policy last month, but individual lawmakers voiced objections to the proposal, and further revisions are expected before a final policy is settled. Juno Representative Sarah Hannon explained on Action Line. They're just in draft form, but what we are faced with is um, across the nation, social media platforms provide the opportunity, as you know, for people to interact. And legislators in their official capacity as government entities have an obligation to make sure that anything that they are providing as a public access um, doesn't infringe on uh, citizens' free speech opportunities to interact you know, the, the public square. The issues arise when that intersect between me on my own personal Facebook page and me as a legislator on a Facebook page and what kind of interactions you're having with the public. Hannon said the state is behind the curve, but said the lines are not clear. There have not been Supreme Court decisions on social media conduct. We've got some federal rulings in different uh, uh, circuit courts affecting different regions of the U.S. about it. And, of course, in every one of those cases, there's a specific fact pattern of what did you do, you know, what did you do as the elected and what were the comments of the person that, is challenging it legally and saying, you've suppressed my free speech right. Hannon was asked if she sees the need for the guidelines. Do you, do you think we have a need for guidelines? Absolutely, on this? I believe we have a need for guidelines. Oh, okay. Because we have legislators in the state that are... Um, having, we, we've had at least three lawsuits filed against seated members of the legislature in the last two years over social media interactions. So with that, when we don't have guidelines that help the elected members know where they, what, what are the parameters, what are the guardrails of what they can and cannot do. Juno Representative Sarah Hannon commenting on Action Line. The CDC is easing COVID guidelines, saying the virus is here to stay. The new recommendations released yesterday 
include eliminating quarantines and a move away from social distancing, routine surveillance, testing, and contact tracing. ABC's Cheyenne Haslett explains what the CDC now says you should do if you get COVID. The CDC still isn't recommending that you test negative as your ticket to re-entering the world. They're sticking with the advice that you should focus on days and symptoms. But now they are giving us guidance on what to do if you do want to test. Wait those five days. If you're symptom-free, take a test. Now, if that test is negative, great, but still wait 48 hours. Take another one to be sure. And if both are negative, you can get back on out there. Never miss a story or a newscast at KEINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Atlin.